0: Hello again, fiends, and welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we're closing out our double bill of techno horrors from Watts Craven. <laughs> with a spooky little robot movie from the late 80s. Uh, we're talking about Deadly Friend this week. And I've been very excited for this episode for a long time now.
1: Honestly, we've, we picked this up on VHS years ago and have had it this whole time. And I had never watched it. Just, you know, loved the cover and was like, need it. And. Uh, had to plug in the VCR for this very special occasion.
0: (laughs) If I start talking about all the things that I like about this movie, we're just going to give away our three good things, so I want to jump into that right away. Deadly Friend, if you're unfamiliar with it, directed by Wes Craven. I think there's there's definitely one thing everybody knows about this movie, which is absolutely going to be one of my good things. But, like, the TLDR of it is that a super smart teenage boy... Builds a robot, and then also uses that same technological feat to bring his girlfriend back from the dead. Friend. Bring his, his friend. Bring his friend back from the dead. Okay, fine.
1: They had one kiss. Let's not make leaps and bounds here, John. They,
0: oh, they had such a promising relationship. Uh but are three good things about Deadly Friend, if you've never seen it. Num- you can
1: do all of them if you want.
0: Number one, this is clear. this is definitely the only thing. Anybody ever talks about with this movie because the GIF has been on the internet for years, and I love using it. I'm sure you've seen it a million times. It's got an incredible exploding head.
1: Okay, so I had never seen this before.
0: You've But you've seen the exploding head. No.
1: You've never seen Not, that girl. Well, I, I maybe, but I didn't like log it and file it for for a rainy day. I <laughs> was so surprised when it happened, and I, I went in completely blind, and it was amazing, and my life was forever changed. So please don't spoil it up at the top for anybody that hasn't seen it yet and is like, should I listen to the Three Good Things and see if I want to watch it? Because
0: it's pretty good. I wasn't, like, <laughs> I wasn't planning on getting It's worth watching
1: this whole movie for it.
0: I wasn't planning on getting it, like the gory details. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice when an exploding head's a surprise. Those Love are a surprise,
1: exploding, <laughs> surprise exploding head.
0: Number two, obviously, this is just like a late 80s reimagining of the Bride of Frankenstein.
1: Yeah, you know, I was going to say that if I had to do uh, Three Good Things, that it has a great Elsa Lancaster, Mm -hmm. uh, Bride of Frankenstein, bird-like neck movements.
0: Yeah, and just like a real...
1: Extensive (laughs) bird-like neck movements.
0: (laughs) And just like real birds, she's a robot. Uh, Good thing number three. What? (laughs) (laughs) You've never heard that conspiracy theory? I have. Good thing number three might be funny to say annoying robot. The 80s loved an annoying robot, but my real good thing number three is Anne Ramsey with a shotgun. That name might not be immediately familiar to you, but she's Mama from Throw Mama from the Train. She's also the mom in the Goonies. She's like the
1: quintessential crotchety old woman from 1982 to 1999. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and she will shoot you if you come anywhere near her compound fortress in the middle of this suburban neighborhood. She's got a padlocked chain link fence. It's like a condemned house,
1: but it's not condemned.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Everybody's got a house on that. There's there's a house like that in every neighborhood. Uh, And Anne Ramsey, the absolute right person to play it. Also, her name's Elvira in the movie, which is a fun little detail for such a crotchety old lady. (laughs) Those are just three good things about Deadly Friend. If you've been putting this movie off, you really, really gotta seek it out. And also, it's got an incredible backstory on how it was made and all the problems that went into it. Oh my! Just like Shocker, not a huge surprise. Also, you know, it's it's problems like Deadly Friend and the fact that Wes Craven didn't really make a lot of money off Nightmare on Elm Street. That led, oh. to, that led <laughs> to him being given creative control for something as kooky as Shocker. Uh, we're gonna be back in a minute, and we're gonna get into it. With it. If you enjoy there. being really
1: scared, if you're not afraid of the unknown, if you found a friend
0: uh-huh. in fear,
1: then we have a friend for you. Hi, Samantha.
2: Come to the police.
1: The director who unleashed Freddy in Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven, now brings you his most frightening creation. Get out of my house!
2: Hey, girl.
0: She's killing people. Mom? Friend is currently sitting at a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, a 20% rating on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, but, but. only a 38% <laughs> from fans, and, uh, and of course, on Letterboxd, we've got a 2.8 out of 5, which I find very surprising, because... Do I just like of Frankenstein more than the average bear? Is that the problem? Yep. You think that, that that's actually I it?
1: love of Frankenstein and I don't know, this movie hasn't won me over, it seems, as much
0: as it won you over. Oh, Kim. You just hated that robot. You just I, made, just, like, I
1: he, did. I wanted that he, robot to he, die so bad. No, that robot. And then he did. Yeah. And it was wonderful.
0: Now, this is the best part.
1: He was like <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: I found out recently, voiced by Charles Fleischer. Which is a name you don't recognize. Cool. <laughs> but Charles Fleischer had a cameo appearance in Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh huh. He was a creepy doctor. Okay. Was he creepy? Anyway, he was a <laughs> he was a doctor in Nightmare on Elm Street when Heather Liev camps locked up. In, She's like, like, I
1: can't uh, sleep, and they're yeah. like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. He's in Demon Knight. He's the postman that's like Whoa. got a huge arsenal. <laughs> You're a monster. Uh, and but he also did the voice for Roger Rabbit and Who Framed Roger oh, Rabbit. Oh yeah. He did BB? He did BB. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay, so BB sounded like and this is a deep cut for all my Christmas movie fans uh-huh. uh like the fucking annoying reindeer in the Santa Claus sequels. <laughs> the one that farts a lot and is like uh, <laughs> Yeah. Just why did he have to talk so much? He why? had no understanding of words and how to make them. Yeah. Just insisted on like, that's, for an hour and a half.
0: The thing that drove me nuts about that is that this kid has the ability to make a robot that's got eyes that move. It's It has artificial intelligence. Yeah, why it's, didn't
1: he just rip that voice box? <laughs> well,
0: well, he could have ripped that voice box out, but like, you can do all that, but you can't make it just like, say basic words and commands. Like, it seems like it's having actual conversations. It gets beaten up by bullies, and it's like, yeah, you get out of here. Here, don't you ever come back? But it just comes out as like blah 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 oh, blah Oh, I have blah, a theory blah. here, uh-huh.
1: and and I might I might hold on to, I might save it for the end.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Now I saw in the opening credits uh-huh. that this movie is based on a book. Yeah. Called Friend. No, and and Wes was just like, let me give this a little. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just like you know this is just uh, just a little adjective. Maybe pff, I don't know, deadly possibly. I don't know if he wanted to keep that because by all accounts this was supposed to be Wes Craven's PG rated robot. movie.
1: I heard that that it was like supposed to be more of like a traditional sci fi romance, and it was more about the relationship between Sam and Paul that kind of goes awry, and then he makes it more more like Frankenhooker and.
0: Yeah, so Sam, Samantha, is the neighbor next door to Paul. They've He and his mom have just moved to town with his crazy robot. Uh, he's going to a gifted school for robotics. <laughs>
1: for robots. <he's> a <laughs> gifted robots. school for robots.
0: It seems like he's just studying neurology. And the robot is a pastime of his. Right? Like the robot is just like a thing that he's doing on his own. It's additional research because he's just studying the human brain.
1: Yeah, but he has unlimited access to the mainframe
0: of the computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They did say like, yeah, you can get as much power as you want. You just hook up to our mainframe and uh, it's all yours, so baby.
1: Basically, he's he gets to dissect corpses and make robots with them.
0: Whoa, whoa. <laughs> he, he gets to dissect corpses and make robots, not with them. He's not, he's but then not, he's like...
1: You know, mad with power, like Dr. Frankenstein. He's
0: mad with love. And his doctor, like Dr. Or and his
1: professor's like, I don't know if you should be combining the two, but better not supervise you. Yeah.
0: He's like, they said they were mad to combine chocolate and peanut butter, but that man was a genius, and I too will make a weird choice. <laughs> and the world will thank me for it so he he moves into into town he's not got many friends surprise surprise the 17 year old boy who's a genius with no social skills and is
1: walking around with a robot
0: a robot that can crush nuts that's the thing right so he immediately befriends the neighbor because who doesn't want to make friends with a kid in 1986 who has a sentient robot as annoying as it sounds, uh, you'd get very bored of it.
1: I would not hang out with the robot. You wouldn't hang out? It was the most annoying robot. Well, I'd the, be like, you can come over, but can you leave your robot at
0: home? You don't think if you made friends with the robot, you could ask it to just like, can we just quiet down? <laughs> like, maybe do with the volume control a little.
1: And the robot would like cheat at poker and stuff. I don't know if I want to You think it would up-
0: cheat at poker? Oh, yeah. You don't think it would just beat you?
1: No,
2: it would cheat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no,
0: of course. Definitely. Nah, it's cheated again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah clearly. <laughs>
0: Now, I'm really good at chess. This robot just cheats. (laughs) The problem in this dynamic is that Sam has an abusive father.
1: Sam is the girl.
0: Sam is the girl. We haven't
1: even introduced the girl. He's got a, f- a girlfriend who lives next door. Yeah. Girl, space friend.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, who lives next door. Her dad is abusive. The, the moment she meets Paul, she's got bruises on her arm. He clocks She's him. like,
1: I can't come out. I gotta go back inside. Yeah,
0: dad's very, very controlling. She goes over to say hi while he's having a drunk nap. And he comes up, where the fuck is my daughter? Like, he's a creep. He's a, a super duper creep. And we basically just kind of like follow them hanging out, like Paul and Sam and this other neighborhood boy, uh, who finds BB very cool. We've got a we've got a Halloween sequence where they go trick or treating. Love
1: a Halloween sequence. Love a
0: Halloween. Mom sequence.
1: Mom was carving that pumpkin like a psychopath.
0: Yeah, she just cut
1: she the just whole sawed the head. top off. Like, how are you going to put that on? back on?
0: <laughs> Unless unless she's done like sort of like a key lock thing where you can sort of fit. No, she did not.
1: And she started with the face, like she did a triangle eye, a triangle nose, and then started scooping the goo out of the middle, and you're just like, This is a staged pumpkin carving. This is not authentic. This isn't real. We're being lied to
0: That drives Kim absolutely insane. When you see people carving pumpkins and they're still taking the guts out, but the face is done, because like you need to you need to give the actors some business to do. You know, like they can't just be carving it. They're they're gonna cut their finger while they're trying to remember their lines. Yeah,
1: so they're always on goose stage, but they want it to look like a jack o' lantern. So somebody like pre carves half of it.
0: Yeah, makes there, no sense. There's a gulf between the intellect. There's a way
1: and to and carve a pumpkin. Son. There is a way. There is there is a strict policy and procedure, and you cannot get a smooth cut or like on that triangle eye if there's goo and shit.
2: You
0: don't think so?
1: No, because you gotta do like, you, Now you don't do this. (laughs) Which I notice when we carve pumpkins is you don't really focus on how smooth the interior walls need to be and like the edge on the inside because when the light shows through when you light the candle Uh you need a sharp line, as sharp of a line on the inside as the outside to make the perfect glowy face. Now. And you can't do that when the walls aren't scraped.
0: I feel like I'm being personally attacked. (laughs) I feel like...
1: You are as bad as this psychopathic mother. I came
0: here to talk about a movie and somebody wants to give me shit for... For politely taking out the goo on her own pumpkins.
1: Yeah, he did goo we de- had, all the
0: pumpkins. We theater. had like eleven pumpkins to <laughs> carve. And I was like, I'm not making this like a full time job. Like, I don't want to be doing this for weeks. So, like, today I'm just gonna watch Sleepy Hollow. I'm gonna take all the guts out of these pumpkins as fast as possible. If they needed a little a little polish at the end, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the novelty wears off after
1: you degoo the first pumpkin because you realize how much you hate it. And I hate when the pumpkin guts dry in your little arm. Uh it's the worst feeling in the entire world. And
0: I tried to spare you from that.
1: You just wanted to start cooking all the seeds. Man,
0: they were delicious. (laughs) Oh, you gotta get them in the oven early. We had a mountain of pumpkin seeds, which I didn't see anybody baking in this movie, so boo on them. That's a .5 bump down. Yeah, (laughs) also
1: when they deguts the pumpkins and they don't immediately start sorting seeds, you're like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. That's a free snack. You're
0: doing this all wrong. (laughs) It's a free snack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so on Halloween night, they're all dressed up. BB's out trick-or-treating with everybody. (laughs) Dressed
1: as a robot.
0: (laughs) They decide they want to go ding-dong ditch the crazy lady in the neighborhood. Now, we've already had a brief interaction with... Elvira across or the street. Or she stole
1: their basketball.
0: Uh, she st- okay. So we've had multiple encounters actually. Like we, you know, Sam is just walking Paul around the neighborhood with BB and the other new boy, just sort of like showing them the ropes. And they encounter the uh, fenced-in house across the street with a padlock on it. Because the little the other dude, I can't remember his name. He's Tom. A, Tom is a paper boy, and he's just like, Man, I'd love to ding dong ditch one day. All we gotta do is like break this combo. I've been working on it for years. And and of course, Paul's like, Yeah, BB could do that in like a minute. It's no big deal. Uh, so on on Halloween night, they convince they convince BB, they convince Paul to let BB break open the fence.
1: Yeah, BB is ready to break the law when he was fucking lit up. Oh, he was yeah. like breaking the law.
0: BB loves it. Also, well, let me finish this thought and then we'll we'll get to what I want to say about B.B. here, is uh, they, they get in, Sam goes up to Ding Dong Ditch and it's just like tripping over her fucking Halloween costume all the way back. She falls down. I know. Sirens she was, are going off. She's
1: dressed like a Grecian god or something. She was not the one to do the running.
0: <laughs> no. And, uh, Before they can get away, Elvira, the crazy neighbor's outside with the shotgun ready to shoot whoever's trespassing on her lawn. They're hiding in the bush, and BB either is like, you know what? Fuck. This old lady, or is trying to run defense for the kids, so I they don't know. get
1: hurt. We saw through his pixelated mind's eye, and he was seeing red—literally, just red. Well, also,
0: they like furrow the brows on him. And he's just like, "I'm tired of this old bitch trying to tell us how
1: to live." His you know? computer pupils dilated,
0: and uh, he dies because of this. He gets shot; his arm <laughs> first. He gets his arm shot off, and he's like, "Ah, baby!" Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, a fatal blow—a <laughs> fatal second blow from that shotgun before the cops show up and uh, everybody's whisked away. We it, The crazy thing too is that we now we have like a couple more weeks where it's just Paul and Sam hanging out no fifth wheel BB around the relationship's finally starting to develop. They have a pleasant Thanksgiving dinner together before Sam's dad basically kills her.
1: Basically! <laughs> yeah. He does! He manslaughters her!
0: She's brain dead. It's just aggravated <laughs> assaults. Whoa! <laughs> no, no, he—he he totally, basically—he effectively kills her. She comes home, he punches her in the face. She falls down the stairs. She hits her head, and now she's brain dead at the hospital. He's also dealing with the ambulance driver too. He's like, I fucking told her to clean her shit up off the stairs. It's totally her fault she fell. They're in the hospital and he's like, can we just pull the plug off? I know.
1: You'd think, you know, with how obsessed he is with his daughter, he would be the one like, no, just another week. She might have a brain flicker. Yeah,
0: even if it's just for Optics, You know, like I'm going to try and not look like a guy who punched his daughter. And yeah, like we must the bury stairs. the
1: evidence, the girl.
0: <laughs> Even the operate, the guys in the operating table are just like, I'm pretty sure this is a little bit more than a fall down the stairs. It, they're saying that while they're looking at her brain. I don't know how they could tell that she was punched, but maybe it's the giant bruise on her jaw <laughs> with like a fucking football <laughs> ring imprint in it. This is like halfway through the movie. This is the crazy part. Like, this movie really has a pace. Um, Yeah,
1: it's about friendship. (laughs) The friend is just as important as the deadly.
0: (laughs) That's that's true. The thing that drives me nuts, and maybe just just because I knew the end half of the movie. I don't remember having this thought the first time watching it, but the whole time... We're talking about B.B., and B.B.'s got these fun little voices, and... and yeah, is... fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not nuts about it either. But B.B.'s hanging out, and he's talking about B.B., and B.B.'s so great. The dynamic between Paul and B.B. was always love. You know what I'm saying?
1: I don't know. I thought they were bros.
0: I never got the impression they're bros. And, I again, it might just You be...
1: think B.B.'s in love with him?
0: Absolutely. Are you kidding me? And I think the rest of the movie... Really plays into that. I think BB loves Paul. And I, you know, maybe there's, maybe. I think
1: there's some duality there. No. (laughs) I think Sam loves Paul and BB is also in there. (laughs) Ah,
0: this is the best part. (laughs) This is, this is the best part of it, the second half of this movie. So, Paul, distraught. That Sam is effectively brain dead and they're going to pull the plug on Steals her.
1: Steals her corpse from the hospital.
0: <laughs> well, his plan is to show up with, like, the computer chips that he's used and developed with BB to try and kickstart her brain. She's brain dead, but functionally the rest of her body's still alive. So if I can just get a little implant in there, a little microchip to help run the processor, the rest of the computer is going to work fine. This is, is effectively his thinking. Mm-hmm. He does show up late. There's a whole, there's a there's a whole heist sequence where he's got to like knock out the guard, his mom, uh, <laughs> and, and break into the casino. It's a hospital, and and just steal the the girl. It's a uh, it's it, totally.
1: A heist uh, yeah, sequence. sure, it's
0: a heist. <laughs> yeah, but, you know he's he's late. They've already pulled the plug by the time they get there. He doesn't know what to do, so he just takes her body anyway. With and poor him.
1: Tom, his friend is just like, I did not sign up for this man.
0: Uh, yeah, I did not sign up to steal a corpse. I thought we were just rescuing a girl, a living breathing girl. <laughs> like now we're now we're grave robbing from a hospital. Uh, they get her back to the school that Paul's been going to, and they operate on her. <laughs> But the saddest part is that when he cuts the stitches from the previous neurosurgeon and we open up to see the brain where we're going to put the microchip, she's- It's
1: fucking dead in there. She's very dead. It's
0: like- There's no color. Like,
1: they say gray matter. This is like- Purplish gray matter. This is like, uh, flies like, are around it. It
0: looks like bad takeout. Yeah. <laughs> like if you pull this out of your fridge, you'd be like, oh, don't even open the lid to sniff that. We might get spores. <laughs> Just put it in the bin and say goodbye to it.
1: We can't even separate the green box and the recycling.
0: No. So he still decides that he's putting this chip in there and it works. She's it, alive. Okay. <laughs> She's moving.
1: Do you think, okay, so here's the theory. Here's what. What I'm presenting in terms of we had to watch a whole heist sequence for her to be dead and everything. Yeah. Do you think it makes a difference if she was dead or alive? Do you think he would have had a different result if she was, if her heart was still beating?
0: That's a great question. And just like the Frankenstein questions about nature versus nurture, that's exactly what the rest of the movie is kind of about. It's not quite there. Like, I'm definitely... We are going to be talking about this more than the movie is. But you really have to figure out how much... How much of the rest of the movie is BB in Sam's body mm-hmm. or Sam using the computer processing of BB like that that's the nature or nurture part like is she more robot than human or is she just a human that's been brought back but it's like her decision making skills are being filtered through robot logic mm. and she's lost some of her humanity I'd love to I'd love to hear what you think of it because. Once she's powered up and she's she, up. she's had time she's had time to rest. It's to true. Recuperate. He turns
1: he turns her on with a remote control. There's a weird power There's dynamic between the two that. of them now.
0: <laughs> what, I oh, don't an,
1: like an, it. Eighties
0: an boyfriend would have loved a remote. <laughs> I
1: don't like it at all.
0: <laughs> but it, it's not long before the remote does nothing. Like she's powering up all on her own. She basically never turns off.
1: Yeah, she just sits around looking sad. And, yeah, but With when, bad eye shadow. But
0: once she gets used to her surroundings and her limbs and how everything works, she goes on a revenge mission. First, she takes out Dad. Because, first paw. <laughs> first paw. Then the world. <laughs> She hides in the basement, lures her dad down.
1: With a bottle of whiskey or something. <laughs> like he's a fucking <laughs> mouse. Yes.
0: Or, yeah, absolutely. Just like a bottle of whiskey on a string that she's kind of like pulling closer and closer. She makes some noise in the basement. He comes down. What the fuck's going on down there? And then when he sees a bottle of scotch in the stairs, he's like, hey, all is forgiven. But a robot hand, well, a human hand. Grabs
1: Powered him. by a robot
0: <laughs> and then there's just like this great showdown where she attacks him in the in the boiler room uh another west yeah, favorite <laughs>
1: that house has legit coal fire happening
0: oh yeah it's got a huge ass coal chute we've got coal reserves like you'd have to get down there in the morning and just throw some coal in to control the temperature
1: it's literally the shining down there where he's got to like turn the thing <laughs> yeah, every yeah, yeah. day <laughs> otherwise it blows up <laughs>
0: Hey, we lived in an apartment that was burning oil for for heat. Remember that? That's true.
1: And the oil truck had to come so often.
0: We liked a warm apartment. It just had a lot of heat loss, but also just smelled like gas all day, every day. And you're like, "There's no way we're not going to die in here." <laughs> Anytime the boiler would come on, like I guess the the oil burning furnace, it would just smell like natural gas for a couple minutes. It was not it a legal apartment.
1: It it was not. If we had lived there any longer, we probably would not have survived to start a podcast. <laughs> well, it's also the
0: apartment we left because like somebody caught their boyfriend smoking crack on Christmas Eve and pushed him down the stairs. Yeah, we,
1: were like, we should leave. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We should get out of here. Still as soon not the as worst possible. part
1: apartment experience we ever had. Not the one that that guy died in.
0: No. Nope. Uh, Fun stuff. Okay. So deadly friend. Yeah, we're we're fighting in a coal chute. There's a there's a, some great sequences where she's like burning dad on the on the furnace. She burns him to a crisp. She tosses him in the goddamn furnace. She fucking breaks his wrist by bending it backwards. That's
1: a lovely. I love a a wrist break.
0: Yeah. This, like it,
1: like it's rubber.
0: It's the it's all the sound right. It's just, like, breaking celery stalks and shit. <laughs> I just
1: love seeing, like, the middle finger touching the, the back of the forearm. Oh, yeah,
0: don't you love that? You're yeah. like,
1: that just doesn't happen. That's the
0: best. <laughs> this was also the moment where we had to flip from watching it on VHS to watching it uh like, we had to stream it because we couldn't see jack shit like our vhs copy is very dark we couldn't see so dark anything this whole sequence is just pitch black
1: the entire movie changed for me
0: <laughs> yeah we were like wow there's a lot of a lot of interesting use of shadows and darkness in this movie <laughs> where you can barely see a human face until it's just in the light kind of like that scene in halloween where uh where the shapes mask just sort of like fades in nah not like that at all when we flipped over to watching like a streaming version like on the internet it was crystal clear. We could see everybody coming a mile away. Their faces were a little less scary. Maybe yeah, B.B. Sam
1: was not as scary in the well-lit version.
0: Yeah. She looks cool, though. Like, She's
1: determined.
0: She, she looks evil like she doesn't I wish she looked like she was decaying more like this was like uh, like Toby Hooper's version of white zombie or something where your your dead girlfriend comes back and she's there but she's kind of hollow inside and as the longer you stay with yeah, her she still the worse looks, she becomes she
1: still looks dateable
0: she, yeah she just looks like she needs some, some
1: milk <laughs> and a glass of orange juice
0: yeah she her eyes look a little sunken they're dark She's, she is starting to go blue, but it, but I, I mean,
1: her hair looks brushed. She's doing fine.
0: She looks all right. Played by Christy Swanson, who would later go on to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is pretty rad. After she kills dad, Paul finds her and he helps her hide the body by burying it in the coal.
1: Which is a permanent solution
0: for sure. Yeah, he's gone full mad scientist at this point. Like he's it's murder
1: the, it's the sunk murder fallacy. Once,
0: murder once fallacy. he stole
1: that corpse from the hospital, everything from that point on is doing anything to hide the corpse that he stole.
0: More, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. reanimated, which is crazy. Because I mean, the, yeah, he's going to get in a bunch of trouble for stealing that one corpse as soon as <laughs> as soon as it murders somebody. That's a problem. But like, let's be real. He has made a technological leap. You know, he's got a brain-dead woman who was pronounced dead that he's brought back somewhat to life. He should just call the newspapers. Like, accept whatever responsibility, but push the needle forward on science, man.
1: Yeah, but this is the kind of that, like, you know, you've you've captured King Kong. Like, the world's going to take a, take him away from you. What if you want to date King Kong?
0: (laughs) That's true, yeah. (laughs) These are all love stories. Sam's
1: famous now. You can't get to her.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. So, yeah, either they're going to take her away to a facility or they're going to put him in a facility. They'll probably do both. So, you're right. He can't call anybody.
1: There are some, you know, plot holes, and I think that just comes down to editing, where you know they kind of have to have the cops visit dad's house because the corpse has gone missing but there's no follow up
2: no (laughs) not at all he
1: locks Sam in his bedroom but Sam breaks out to like kill somebody and then we cut to him sleeping in the bed of that room and you're like not
0: surprised that she's gone yeah (laughs) the movie's chopped to shit and part of it's because all of the cool scenes that we're talking about today on the podcast, like half the three good things, the scene we just talked about, the exploding head we're about to talk about in a minute, is all added after the, the fact. Wes Craven decided that he wanted to make a more approachable, PG-rated movie to, to essentially show that he could make stuff that wasn't blood and guts. Mm-hmm. The goal was to make a sci-fi thriller that had dark tones, not one that had a bunch of gore and kills, mm-hmm. which is a bummer because I love, I love all the stuff in this movie. And
1: that's kind of commendable because honestly, all of the scenes that were definitely added in, like I could probably name them all just because how cool they are, yes. they're fucking cool, is that they're not phoned in. Like they are, they are peak Wes Craven. Oh, they are yeah. so good. Yeah. When the studio was like, hey, amplify this, this needs to be spookier. I mean, he served. He delivered. Save the movie for me.
0: Apparently, though, uh, as as soon as they recut the movie with all those gory sequences, they're like, oh, this is too gory. Oh, God. What are we supposed to do with this? X rating. And, uh, I. What do
1: you want from me?
0: (laughs) The exploding head sequence in particular was a huge problem with the MPAA. They rejected the movie something like 13 times because wow. it was too gory, which had to suck because, you know, the entire time he's just like, I fucking told you, like, I, this isn't even what I wanted to do. And now I'm defending a fucking movie that I kind of don't care about anymore. That had to be a shitty position to be in. Uh, I also read that he created a huge super cut, which had to be hard to do in 1986, of a, of decapitations and exploding heads that passed the MPAA for an R rating and showed it to them, and they said, "Nah." Like,
1: wow, we just got
0: to go off how we feel in the he room. He fucking
1: brought receipts.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and from Oscar-winning movies like *The Omen*, where somebody gets their head cut off with a pane of glass, and it's there, and you see the whole thing. They don't cut away. They don't shy from it. And this is a prestigious. You have to see, like type the war
1: movie. movies don't. War movies, I'm just saying, oh. the, the most of them were probably from fucking war scenes. I doubt that. War scenes are not for entertainment value; they are informing the general public. And this filthy basketball explody brain—no good.
0: Fucking drives me nuts, man. Like it's just one of those things where they're just like, "Oh, we don't have a rubric for what you can and can't do." It's just—we just go
1: by feels.
0: Yeah, and secret feels. <laughs> the absolute. Worst sometimes way. a
1: boob, sometimes never a boob.
0: It's crazy. And so the exploding head sequence in this was quite a bit longer originally. Oh really? Yeah, I still think it's great. It's great. great. Yeah. Especially
1: too when like her body headless is like okay. mumbling around and there's squirtsy squirts.
0: <laughs> well we got to explain what happens if we're going to talk about the fine details of it. The the crazy lady. I said
1: basketball brain.
0: <laughs> Yeah, B.B., Sam, Sam B.B. (laughs) You have to
1: say Sam B.B. Because we haven't come to a conclusion there.
0: I'm going to fight you on this by the end of it. Uh, Breaks into the crazy old lady's house. Uh, At some point, she's skulking around. Oh, where's that sound coming from? Who broke my door? These goddamn kids, I'm going to kill them one day. And when she turns a corner, Sam B.B. standing there with a basketball. She throws it at her with her supersonic robot strength and just explodes her head into a hundred pieces. Apparently they used real cow brains for this. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure smelled awful, but looks amazing. <laughs> it looks wonderful. How do
1: you feel about the super strength? She's able to like lift up her dad. She twists his neck. She super throws a basketball. Mm-hmm. She hurls a bully onto a cop car. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm for it.
0: I think she's tapping into some of that robot strength, and I've got a I've got a great little theory that I'm going to posit. A little toward the end of the episode, but uh, w- while we're here talking about strength, did you know that they actually built that robot in the movie? BB, real robot. You could control it. Great. And it could lift 7,500 pounds.
1: Wow. Why did they do that?
0: You could. Was lived... it just a forklift with an outfit on? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so uh, the, the best part about this exploding head, truly the so best
1: part. So that robot could really crush nuts?
0: <laughs> it really could crush nuts. That's what BB stands for. It stands for ball breaker. Um, <laughs> the exploding head of this movie is wonderful. It's gooey it's it explodes everywhere it just paints the entire room with with blood but best the best part about that is that like a chicken with its head cut off she's running around the room it's like trying to open the door trying to find a seat and it's hysterical
1: it's lovely it's it's a joy
0: most exploding heads you get the you get the explosion you get the reactions from everybody and that's it we're out yeah, I was, super,
1: I was super lukewarm on this movie until that scene. And I, I actually sat up and was like, OK, you have me again. Right? Let's continue. <laughs> One of the
0: best exploding heads ever. And when you like when you just see it, not that it needs a whole lot of context, but like when you just see it on the Internet as like a half a second clip, it's great. It delivers, but it's, it doesn't. Deliver the same yeah, way Yeah, you have it does. to sit
1: through an hour of weird robot ah, drama, science, for it to really, really hit you.
0: Yeah, like it doesn't pay off like a like a real revenge movie. But I'm just talking about like a body with no head running around like a frantic lunatic is pretty wonderful.
2: Yeah, it's great
0: The walls are starting to close in at this point because the cops are here. She's running out
2: of revenge. She's
0: running out of, she's got nothing else to do. Like, she should be on easy street at this point, right? But like, oh, the bullies find them and now she's got to fight the bullies. She's essentially, like Frankenstein, running through town and everybody's got their pitchforks and their torches out and they're coming for Bibi.
1: But do they even know what she is? Not
0: at all. They don't know at all. They just think it's this crazy girl.
1: Yeah, because I don't even know if they've recognized that it's Sam, like it's this dead girl
0: no. yet. But I think everybody knows there's something wrong with this girl, kind of like the uh, like the the neighborhood in in Edward Scissorhands. Because when Tom shows up to the house to be like, "What's going on? I gotta go to the cops. You can't stop me, man. We gotta turn ourselves in." She fucking dives through the second story window and tackles this kid on his bike like she's a werewolf. Yeah, cool. Love it. And that's what kicks off our like run across town where we're, we're trying to, like, everybody in town is trying to stop this girl and they're trying to put an end to the madness. They have no idea what's going on. Like, I'm, I'm putting a little more on their thought process than is actually there, but like, those are the beats we're trying to follow. Mm hmm so at some point after she's attacked a bully and she's thrown the bully like she's pulled the bully off Paul essentially like the bully's gonna beat the shit out of Paul he's maybe gonna kill Paul she saves Paul and when the cops show up she throws the bully like you'd mentioned earlier through the cop's window like 30 feet away and that's that's essentially what turns their focus on her
1: yeah and so eventually she runs back to the shed and they have like the final showdown it's her versus 600 cops
0: and by shed of course you mean windmill what is a shed but a Modern-day windmill.
1: <laughs> or a place where you store tools. Like a windmill. Uh, but then, you know, in the classic showdown style, a cop's like, stop it! Stop advancing! Put your hands in the air! And then she, through her pixelated eyes, sees red again, and she advances with her weird claw hands. That are regular hands, just in claw yeah. shape.
0: <laughs> we have not mentioned that yet. Is uh, that, that Sam BB has the same sort of, like...
1: Two-finger functioning (laughs) yeah
0: that bb had bb's got like your standard robot claw hands and uh and sam bb holds her hands in the exact same way and that i think is a small is it a window into the the key yes it is are you (laughs) fucking kidding me don't patronize me (laughs) absolutely she is becoming bb she is more B.B. than Sam. And I'll tell you exactly how I know this, because at the end of the fucking movie, when she's running away from the cops before they shoot her, she's going down alleyways going, B.B. <laughs> You know, I don't expect Sam to be running away from the cops going, Samantha! Like, no one's just screaming their own <laughs> name. But that's that's a classic move from BB. Classic move. And we Beebe see boo. her doing that. It's like the only time she really speaks anymore is as BB. And it's in the BB voice. I think the robot has essentially, like a plant, uh, been rooted down in her brain and spread everywhere.
1: Okay, I think that's fun.
0: Yeah, I think she has become robot.
1: Okay, um here's my theory because I I do actually disagree with you. Uh-huh. Uh because her brain tissue is dead. Yes. How he explains it is that the microchip he's going to put in is basically going to power the systems that aren't working while it tries to get everything functioning again. Yes. And I think when she starts up, she is BB. And as we go through, she's becoming more her.
0: She's becoming more Sam.
1: She's becoming more Sam because at the end when she's dying, she's saying Paul in Sam's voice.
0: I think it's a little ambiguous, right? Because there is also a great scene where she sees a photo of Sam and BB and Paul, and that's what fucks her up. Yeah, like she she can't under she can't figure out who she is. Yeah, exactly. I think at some point somebody's got to take over. Yeah, I think we're gonna have. Well,
1: so the end is a reshoot, though. So everything in this movie is a reshoot. No, but you have you have to kind of take that into account that that wasn't the original intention for her to be, spoiler alert, robot inside.
0: No, no. D- d- how do you just gloss over this?
1: <laughs> we'll talk about it, because I'm sure you want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I do think the duality exists until the ending, and I do have a theory on the speech as well, is that BB, as BB, does not have the capacity for speech, uh-huh. and it isn't until he's in a human, he or she, it isn't until BB is in a human body that they are able to harness human speech. Like, I think that is the next evolution to being able to advance. So part of Sam is in there, and she's learning how to use her facets again, but I think BB is also in there and able to take advantage of them.
0: I think that BB is using the uh, biological highway of Sam to live through this human body. I don't think Sam's actually in there anymore. I think Sam is dead. And I think that BB is using the synapses of this brain, and it's slowly learning how the body works, uh, and all of its ideas and feelings we'll say uh it's robot logic is being filtered through the memories of sam so i think like there are nuggets of sam along the way
1: Ooh, that's that are fun. sort of
0: like influencing bb's decision making because I'll, I'll, I'll give you this like the biggest hole in my theory here is that sam bb kills the abusive father because bb's got no connection, yeah, or desire. Well, for I
1: mean, that. BB does kind of have a moral compass. Like whenever people are doing wrong things, BB's like, "Me."
0: Yeah, that's true. BB does not like Dad, uh, and BB does not like the neighbor. So, it, it, and also the bullies. So, at the very least, it is definitely attacking and trying to, I think, succeeding in murdering all the people it doesn't like.
1: <laughs> yeah, or just it, it's defending Paul.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, th- I think that it's, it's all BB. But there's just like a little bit of Sam there. It's like Sam's ghost is haunting B.B. And it's like that's just the like every decision we all make as human beings is is based on context and memory and uh, experience. B.B. is pretty young and doesn't really have any of that. And is also a robot. So like I would think it doesn't have, quote unquote, a memory. But as far as like it's hard drive and its you know computer memory is concerned like it's it's been flooded with a lifetime of memory and and uh and experience that it's pulling from to make its robot decisions now
1: I I really like that that sounds really good I don't know if I 100% believe it but Your theory does work better with the fact that there is that extended heist sequence and the fact that Sam dies before the operation happens. And we actually see her brain is a pile of rotting goo. Yeah. So your theory really works in that she is just a husk Uh because he didn't get there in time. And it makes that make sense. But
0: I I will say, like, to your point, I think there is a little bit of, like, a feedback loop where Sam, it's, it's as though Sam is still in there, but it's not, like... An existing living version of Sam. It's like the memories of Sam are recalling. Like, I think the consciousness of Sam, in a way, is almost aware that it's dead and not there anymore. Like, there's a bit of a push and pull. Which is
1: the total Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah! Where, you know, you can see in the few moments that you get with her that she knows she shouldn't be here. God, I
0: love Frankenstein. (laughs) Fuck Frankenstein. Frankenstein is just, oh, so good. Goddamn Mary Shelley, you did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's the other thing. It's totally just a gay romance between this boy robot and this teenage and and Paul it's just like it's it's totally unacceptable but like now that I'm now that I'm in a female body using female memories, it's acceptable because that robot totally loves the fuck out of Paul like that robot would a hundred percent be Paul's boyfriend if the world would just let them have it. like I think this is a gay romance with a boy and a, with a boy and his robot filtered through the body of a dead girl <laughs> now. Wow, the final scene of this movie. Wow. So wait,
1: wait, 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 In your theory, how do you explain the end where she kind of has like those moments of realization, looking at Paul and saying his name as Sam?
0: Ah, reshoots. No, no, no. I, I, I think it is the the feedback loop. I think. Or you
1: think it's BB just capturing.
0: I think that's probably a little bit of Sam coming through. Like, I think because BB, I think has because gotten... they
1: both love him, and like they're both dying again in that moment. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's just that like, if 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 I had to put money on it, I'd say that she is more BB than Sam at this yeah. a, at any point. But well, like in those dying with, moments,
1: especially with the reshoot ending, it's framed as she's becoming more BB. Yo,
0: I fucking I don't care if it's a reshoot. I don't want to see what the original was like. I I, I love the campaigns online where people are asking to see what the original version would look like. Wes Craven said that he wanted to make, like, like the way that John Carpenter made Starman, he wanted to make Deadly Friend. Like, a, a, a more romantic story talking about human nature and, like, maybe the darker parts of it, uh, but exploring it through this alien personality that's just a little divorced from humanity. Like, the way Kurt Vonnegut always wrote about the way human beings are weird. I, personally... Don't really like Starman. Not a big movie for me. Maybe it's maybe it's time for me to revisit it. I don't know, but it, was, it never struck a chord with me. And I do not want to see the original version of Deadly Friend. Especially because I, I love the final shots of this movie. The last scene where Paul goes into the morgue to once again try and steal his dead... <laughs> Girlfriend. Because he's
1: learned nothing.
0: <laughs> Absolutely nothing. He goes in to see her and he's like, oh, oh, Sam or BB, I'm, I'm not really sure anymore. And the corpse. He's fucking, like,
1: I don't really care anymore as long as you come back to me.
0: I just want my weird love. Yeah. <laughs> it, the, 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 the corpse awakens and grabs Paul. And as it's like rising up out of the morgue slab. Because the body is rotten now. The body's rotten and the skeleton pops through. And the skeleton, the bones of this girl are now BB. And it's crazy. Crying out like Come with me, Paul! Come with me. And it's it's now Sam's voice, but BB's body, which is just pure cinema. Like what an incredible end to that movie. And the best part, we do not have a scene immediately after. I love that
1: you're just shouting at me. Where Paul I'm I'm just here
0: to receive (laughs) receive these emotions. But the best part is that Paul doesn't wake up in his bed in a cold sweat, like it wasn't a nightmare. You know, it really happens. And she breaks his fucking neck. And they die together, <laughs> true love. Yeah. Do you think it's like I like to think it's real? I like to think that the robot, like this, is why I mentioned the plant thing earlier. Like we're we're taking like the computer, the microchip, and we're seeing all these long um, metal pieces of it plugging into parts of the brain. Like I like, I really do like to think that that's the roots, and BB is truly somehow <laughs>
1: making metals
0: in, <laughs> of turning a, the skeleton of this girl into a metal robot. Yeah.
1: I like that I like that because of the super strength, which which didn't really buy me earlier. Right? Yeah. And then when you realize like, oh well if she's all chrome in there, well yeah, then fuck her. Right. Like, totally, totally she can sense. throw a bully. Yeah. I I think it helps answer some of those questions I had watching it where I was like, I don't know. It's, she's rotting. Do you think those muscles would be stronger than they were before she died? If
0: they had it just put one fucking scene in the reshoots where we're in the garage like mom's looking around she's pumping
1: irons <laughs> there's this no
0: mom, mom's looking for a shovel and there's a bite taken out of it you're just like what the fuck is this and you'd be like oh that weird dumb robot but at the end of the movie you're like she was collecting metals. you know like it would have totally worked
1: oh that's fun like the, she, I thought you meant like the wood stick and I was like why
0: no no, no like out of the metal part out of oh. the spade of the shovel if there was a bite taken out and she was just she's just slowly, like eating
1: nails yeah
0: that's that pretty been cool. cool yeah that would have been great so, again, thankful that this wasn't a nightmare sequence. Like, I'm taking it fully as real. Actually, when
1: you mentioned nightmare sequence, it reminded me of the nightmare That's sequence. That's what I wanted to bring up. Yes. Another really great scene. Definitely a reshoot because it doesn't, it just comes in, goes. It, it doesn't have any bearing on the plot at all. But it's shot so well.
0: Yeah. It's it's a nightmare that Sam is having. She's in bed. Her dad's coming in. Oh,
1: I wasn't even talking about that nightmare oh, sequence. Oh, what
0: nightmare sequence are you talking the about? The
1: one that Paul has. Oh,
0: God! Yeah! <laughs> Who's, and And also so it's her dad in those ni- in that nightmare sequence. Yeah. Okay. So we've got two. Uh, we're both to save on time. We're both just going to talk <laughs> over <laughs> top of each other. No, let's go with yours.
1: This is after, you know, Sam has done a rampage out and around. You think it's her returning to Paul in his bed. This is
0: right after she's killed a neighbor with the basketball as well. And something pops up into the bed and starts rolling around. Under
1: the blankets.
0: It's about the size of a basketball.
1: It's It's not rolling around, though. It's moving from side to side like it has weird, creepy movements. And it's maybe the scariest thing I've seen in a year.
0: It's weird how effective it
1: is. It's so weird. It's it's like in Shocker with the, the ghost boat girlfriend, how yeah. there's these weird fleeting moments where where Wes is just able to capture the perfect nightmare imagery.
0: Uh-huh. And it, surprise, surprise. And it
1: sticks with you. This movie is not a scary movie. That scene Gave me chills.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, everything else is just kind of like fun and weird. Or, you know, tender or romantic. <laughs> <laughs> but he rips the blanket off after this ball has gotten impossibly close to him. And it's the burned skull of the abusive dad next door. And he's like, hey, how's it going, buddy? And yeah, it,
1: doing Freddy Krueger shit under there. Yeah,
0: and then it jumps up out of the bed like it was inside the bed this whole time and is lunging at Paul. And that's, that's when he wakes up screaming in a cold sweat incredible moment in this movie so good absolutely you're right the scariest part and it's the anticipation of what's going on because at first you're like oh this is the robot and then you're like oh maybe it's the basketball and then you're just like this thing's moving in a really weird way and I don't trust
1: it it's it's creepy as fuck fucking
0: love that moment I almost forgot about it Uh, the other nightmare sequence, which I thought was pretty fun, is uh Sam's nightmare sequence before she dies. Her dad is he's coming to her room, and there's just like shadows. It's
1: creepy. We're all like, we don't want to see this scene. We know we know it exists. We just don't want to see it. We know what their relationship is like. We don't want to (laughs) know. He's
0: attacking her, and she smashes a vase uh, on the side of her bedstand. And stabs him with it. It's pretty
1: lovely. And
0: he just starts laughing at her.
1: And it becomes a straw. <laughs>
0: and blood just starts pouring out of the vase, just like covering her on the bed while she's screaming. He's laughing. She obviously wakes up in a cold sweat as well. And that's why I think the ending is so great. Because the whole time, it's Im- it's kind of impossible. The same way that the whole rest of the movie is impossible and the previous nightmare sequences were. But nobody wakes up from the nightmare.
1: Because so we've been presented with scares that that are proven to be nightmares. And the fact that we don't have one at the ending is like another rug pull. Yeah, that's that's a good point.
0: Love the end of this movie.
1: I think it's really fun. I think it's just a fun ending, even if you don't put a lot of weight into it. Like, mm-hmm. even if you don't treat it as like, oh, we were building to this, we were working to this, Sam and BB were doing this change all along. Oh, no,
0: they, there's no, no. there's They're not laying any groundwork for that, really.
1: No, because, I mean, if you, if you look at it at face value, it's the end of Friday the 13th. You know, where yeah. baby Jason pops out of the water and you're like, this is great. I'm not going to... I'm not going to think about what this is. But in Friday the
0: 13th, we do have a scene where she wakes up and it's like, maybe it was a nightmare. Maybe it happened to her before the ambulance showed up, but maybe it was, it was probably just a nightmare, but they leave you lingering. Deadly Friend is completely different. I think anybody walking out is imagining that that's a dream, but there's no basis for that. Like, I think it's truly reality.
1: Honestly, having talked to you for like 50 minutes, (laughs) you're making me like this movie more. It's. It's. You're re- kind of selling me on it.
0: I think. I think all the reshoots were the right choice. Now I feel very sad for for Wes.
1: I do too, Mister yeah.
0: Mister Watts Craven. You know this sounds like it was supposed to be a completely different. But movie. the spooky
1: spooks were all really well done. Yeah, I man. loved them all. I know you didn't want them in there, but they're good.
0: Yep, they're great. They're incredible. I love them. You spent the rest of your life talking about how this was a horrible movie to make, and you <laughs> regretted it all. Man, how awful must it be to show up to a studio or just a series of? That's producers? just the
1: experience, John.
0: I know it's just the experience, but like, God, fucking damn it! You show up, you're like, I want to make this movie. Here's the book. It's this fine book. Uh, <laughs> it's a
1: fine book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what everybody on Goodreads tells me. Uh, it's basic. It's pretty. It's it's very similar. Um. And I just, I want to make this cute little thriller. It's more about this romance and about how all the people around us are darker and more evil on the inside than they present to be on the outside and how it's pretty acceptable for people to be monsters uh, while hiding in plain sight or, or even just the knowledge that every, everybody knows exactly how bad this dad was and how bad the neighbor was, but it's all fine. Nobody's breaking any laws. Nobody's necessarily like upending society by acting this way um but this robot girl is a monster like he he wanted to delve into like the romance and the psychological implications of the darker parts of humanity and everybody said that's great here's a bunch of money go make that movie we'd love to put it out and then they'd all just change their minds
1: and they're like, this doesn't look like Wes Craven.
0: Yeah, This doesn't
1: look like Nightmare on Elm
0: Street. And he's like, I know, that was the plan. I didn't want to do that. And you were like, what a great idea. That'll be such a fun choice. Oh, everybody will be so surprised by, you know, the, the, the extent of your abilities. And then they said, fuck that. We want it to be everything you were hoping it not to be. Now go back out there and ruin the movie you like. Because I'm sure he was happy with the original cut. That's got to fucking suck, right? Mm. I mean, that's every goddamn movie.
1: That's this is every director's journey. Yes. Every every single movie you have ever seen is a compromise. And
0: it breaks my heart.
1: It is it is a fight or a collaboration, however you want to think about it, between artists and business people. It is, decisions are sometimes made for art, sometimes they're made for money, and it happens in every single film you see.
0: And Shocker is another example of how it can all go bad. He was given complete creative control, maybe he made some weird decisions, but it also sounds like it was a fucking nightmare in post-production where, like, none of the special effects were coming together, everything was falling apart, it just, nothing was working. So, like, everything can go your way. And it can still fucking fail. Uh, It's a miracle that any movie gets made. And I love that we live in a world where movies like Shocker and Deadly Friend are something that we can just watch any goddamn Friday night that we feel like. What a time to be alive.
1: (laughs) Aw, how wholesome, John. Look at your little speech at the end.
0: I'm going to give Deadly Friend a 3.75 out of 4. Wow. I like this movie a lot. Wow. And there are chunks of it that I'm like, this isn't working. <laughs> wow. I don't like the dumb robot. I just, I love, I think, you know what? I know what it is. I love Exploding Heads and I love Frankenstein.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're really, they're really playing into your court here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 4. Not even a 2.5. 8. I mean, John. It was lower when we started, so okay. you you've brought it up. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. It's, I'm glad. <laughs> it's okay. It's got some great moments, um, and some really cool scares. But I mean, it's the rest of it's kind of like an after school special. <laughs> it's a little bit of a goosebumps. That's just like not the goosebumps that would be my favorite goosebumps.
0: Okay, that's fine. It's good. I mean, uh, you know, part of part of it is that I think it just goes out on such a high for me. Like if it if he had a woken up from a dream, I'd, I'd probably be at least a three point five. You know, like <laughs> I just I love the end of this movie. I love everything that it implies. I love the twist on it all. I I you know, I think I I just like I like Frankenstein. I love zombie girlfriend movies. <laughs> you know, like I just think they're always fun and
1: relationship movies where one of them is dead is always fun warm bodies my boyfriend's back
0: life after beth bride of frankenstein
1: well i mean they're both dead in that
0: that's just our opinion guys mostly that's just my opinion let (laughs) us know what you thought of watts craven's deadly friend uh, over on social media or in the nightmare on film street discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord there's links for all of that in the episode show notes so you don't got to type anything out. You just fucking click a little button wherever you're listening to this. It'll bring you right there.
1: If you want to support the show, consider joining us on Patreon in the Fiend Club, where we have tons of bonus episodes and content for you right now that you can instantly unlock. If you are going on a road trip and you need four more hours of this, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> that is at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street.
0: We're going to be back again next week with another episode, but until then... I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, NOFSpodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends